Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the new and pre-owned Renault, Dacia and Opel range. And a car finance specialist on site to arrange a finance package that suits your budget. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch Friday afternoon. Thank you for joining us on the show. Straight to business. We should all be heading for the Phoenix Park this weekend. Yes, Bloom would be on normally. Wasn't on last year. Not on again this year. So what's the story? I'm delighted to tell you I'm joined on the line by a man who's simply brilliant. He's a garden designer. He's based in Clotterhead. Gold medal winner. Best in show at Bloom. Multiple other awards over the years. And I'm just wondering, how is he getting on? How is he feeling about no bloom this year? Is it bloom or boom? Andrew, welcome to the show, Andrew Dunn. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me. Are you missing it? Am I missing it? You know what? Um, most of the time you ask me that question, my answer is no, because I'm so busy and I'm trying to figure out how we can do all the work that we currently have on. And you think, God, I'm glad I don't have that headache. But still, at this, this time of year, you still kind of get this little buzz of, you know, I wouldn't mind having a go again, and it's just a little bit something different. So I suppose, yeah, there is a part of me missing it. But the news is, and I was speaking to you over the last couple of days, in your, what, 22 years, you're busier than ever. Uh, yeah, it's extraordinary. I mean, who would have imagined this? Um, I'm always conscious about talking about this when so many other businesses around the the country and around the world, indeed, are, are struggling. But yes, our, our sector is one of those sectors that is doing really, really well. I mean, um, I can remember having conversations at the very start of this whole pandemic and saying, you know, well, that's the end of my business. Who's going to be concentrating on getting gardens done and stuff like that? But little did we know, uh, absolutely crazy busy, anybody in this particular industry. So there you are. There's an upside to this. What do you think it is? Do you think that, and I know we've been talking a lot about it here over the last 15 months on the show. You know I'm a gardener myself and I always encourage people uh, to grow their own and grow flowers, etc. Trees, shrubs, you name it. But do you think it is that people's focus have been, or their conscious has been woken up to the outside? Yeah, well look, it's, it's a combination of a lot of different things. Um, I've, I've been thinking about this for the last year. I mean, there's, there's there's lots of different things. First of all, people were forced to sit in their home for the first time ever. I mean, when you think about it, uh, up until now, if you had if you had a, a week off or two weeks off in the summer, as soon as you got that time off, you got on a plane and you went off somewhere. So, I mean, really, people weren't spending any sort of quality time at home. Home was just a place where you kind of, uh, you live and you work and you clean the clothes and you tidy up and you... But you never really spent a whole lot of quality time there. Um, so, you know, that was the first thing. People were forced to slow down. And when you slow down, you get a chance to think. And then um, there was also this other amazing phenomenon, which uh, I, I really find funny. But people spend a bit of time at home and they might not have had a super garden or anything. But you know what? Particularly last year when the weather was so fabulous, mm. you just sat out in the garden for a short while and realized, actually, do you know what? This is kind of nice. Once we got over, once we got over the whole idea that we're supposed to be rushing around, going crazy all the time, and actually slowed down, I mean, the results were that um, everybody enjoyed it, and now there's this 
huge upsurge in in gardens and people looking after their home and trying to trying to make your castle your 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 home your castle you know mm, a very good point you make indeed I even saw it myself because you're right I'd be away somewhere I'd be going fishing here there everywhere and I wasn't and I just saw when you had more time even to put in the results and people have seen that and they've realised that there is another massive room outdoors in their on their property no matter what size that is that they can develop Andrew. Well, you know, it's extraordinary. Literally, as I said to you the other day, I have been banging on about this for 20-odd years, telling people, look, stop looking at the garden as this kind of secondary part of your home that is, that, you know, you might do a little something with, or, you know, maybe you will, maybe you won't, or maybe it's just a headache of something you have to look after. I mean, when, when really space is at such a premium um, around the country, if you are lucky enough to have a garden, and a garden, remember, can be something as small as a little balcony, mm. but if you have any sort of space, you should make the absolute most of it. Um, I often try to tell people, try and tell my clients that, you know, instead of thinking about your garden as some sort of separate entity to your house, um, you have to think about all the space you you own, your house and your garden, inside and outside. It's all your property, and they should all work together. And that means that, you know, if you're inside the house, you're, you're, the garden is kind of encroaching in with all these beautiful glass windows that everybody has in their home these days. You have to, you know, it's going to encourage the garden in. Just you look at it every single day. Or if you're outside in the house, everything in the garden is linking back towards, you know, how you get in and out of the property. So it's, it's very much one space, not a home and a garden. It's just your overall property. So true, so true. And the other thing from your point of view, you laughed at this. You know the way we've all discovered Zoom and working from home. You said to me, Jerry, I'm at that this years. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it, it, I find it very funny. I certainly did at the start when we were listening to everybody stressing out and going, how are we going to manage this Going working from home? I mean, I work in the garden. I have a studio in my garden. And I also have other um, people who work with me. Uh, and have done for years. One is based in Dublin, one is based in Tipperary, and the other one's based in London. And um, we've all been working remotely for years. I mean, there's one, there's two members of my staff that I've never met, and I've worked with them for years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it works really, really well when you get used to it. Um, and the, the big advantage is you're not, you're not driving around all over the place. You're not spending a huge amount of time in traffic. You can, I don't require huge offices or anything like that. My journey to work takes me, oh, I'd say about eight seconds. And that's from the back door. Now, that that has its disadvantages too, I suppose, um, where you're at home and easily on hand for any any little crisis that needs to be sorted out. But um, you know what, it's it's all work-life balance. And I'd rather... I'd rather be at home and see my kids every day. Okay, they might drive me insane from time to time, but you know what? I see my children every single day, and that's just an absolute blessing. Oh, there's an awful lot to be said for it, and thank God so many are never going to go back to this mad five-day commute. I know this already changes yeah. our foot, and it's great to see. Now, I'll tell you what the real part, and, and it's been great to talk to you and get your perspective on these things, but the, the, the kernel of our chat today is this. Talk to me about Callistown National School, which is your local school there in Clarehead, and the Garden of Life. Yeah, well, listen, thanks for asking, Jerry. We, I, I am delighted to be involved in a project where I've designed a garden for um, Callistown National School in Clarehead. My three boys go there, and uh, my, my eldest, uh, Jack, is just about to leave this year. And I have to say, I mean, I was so impressed by the experience that they had during school, never once did my kids, yeah, you know, be concerned about going to school. I mean, it, it's a world away from the school experience that I had, and I always wanted to try and help, you know, do something to help. And particularly, I think there was no better time than during the pandemic when you became acutely aware of the fact that you know children were completely against the grain of nature. They were being taken out of school um, to stay safe and to stay healthy. And, and, you know, they were taken away from their friends. And even when they went back into school, they have to be segregated and mightn't be able to play with friends they had in other classes. And I just thought, you know what, the kids have so much to deal with these days. And it's not something children should ever have to deal with. Um, so I wanted to do something a little bit more positive. So I've designed this garden called the Garden of Life. And um, it's all really a celebration of 
being young and being in school and enjoying nature and learning in a much more positive and natural sort of way. So that's the plan. I've looked at the lovely interactive uh, piece you sent to me and I've looked at it several times now and I want to congratulate you. It's amazing. It really is amazing. And this school will have something absolutely unique. It's uh, the interaction with nature, uh, the whole uh, growing of herbs and vegetables, the sensory experience, the outdoor classroom, the rainbow tunnel, the orchard. Oh, my word. They're going to be the envy of the country down there. Well, look, um, hopefully it will will turn out well. Um, well, No doubt it will turn out well. But I suppose my other approach is, like I kind of, to be honest with you, is how I approach any project, any garden. I always ask myself, could we do this a little bit better than it's done before? And school gardens in general, I always find uh, somewhat lacking. Not all the case. There are some great ones around there, but really... Again, it's this whole idea of a garden being a a secondary thought and maybe you can do it, maybe you can do something. Mm. I I think it's a huge lost opportunity. I mean, we grew up um, in the countryside and and learned so much from nature. And now, now, if you want to teach children about nature, you have to have, like everything else in life, you have to make it a little bit more safe, a little bit more orchestrated. And, you know, so this is an opportunity to really hopefully set a new standard in what a school garden can be. I mean, it's not just a pretty space um, that, you know, they can look at it for a few months of the year, or it's not just a place that maybe, you know, what you're trying to keep kids out of in case they damage it or anything like that. This is designed as a, a garden that will be used. Mm. It'll be used at break time for the kids to run around and have a bit of fun. It'll be used during school time where you can actually have lessons. We have a, a large sort of shade sail that you can sit underneath and, it, and it's all designed around circles. So if, if, there's a, if there's a teacher in the middle of the circle, everybody's attention is focused on the teacher. You know, all those yeah. little design tricks go in. We've, we've outdoor blackboards. Uh, blackboards. We have uh, bug hotels. Look, anything I could kind of think to make it work, um, this is what we did. But it's not good enough to just have a collection of all of these um, sensory experiences and that. You, you've got to make it look good primarily, yeah. and hopefully that's what we've achieved. Ah, uh, it does. It flows brilliantly, uh, I have to say, and I can't wait to see Thank it you. become a reality. So you have donated this design to the school. All they need now is a few. Bob, and you can help if you're listening to us today and you're in the area, or if you have an association with Callistown, had children there in the past, may have children there in the future, or just want to help school children, you can donate. It's idonate.ie. That's the letter I, idonate dot ie forward slash fundraiser forward slash Callistown and that's C-A-L-L-Y-S-T-O-W-N so it, it's a question now just funding this Andrew yeah well look if that gets a bit complicate, complicated just go look at idonate.ie yeah. and uh, you can search up Clotterhead um, Callistown anything like that yes you'll find it. you will get it um, but yeah I suppose um, we are trying to raise funds to make this happen I mean we've got huge support from the school mm. and from everybody locally around but you know I'd love to see this kind of expanded to people not just from the school but people who love Clotterhead yes um, maybe people who just can engage with the story of um, trying to give something positive back to children because you know we, we talk about all the um issues that we have as adults and businesses going uh, uh, struggling and the supports they need and they're all very very valid issues but you know I think sometimes um, children and what they've had to experience uh, goes somewhat uh, overlooked and here's a chance to say well look you know what we can help out here a little bit we can make this happen and you know hopefully you'll come and see the garden and we'll be showing pictures of it so I mean you can learn all about the garden you can see the animation which I've done which is done on uh, Cali's uh, sorry, which is on the Idonite site, but you can also look at um, look me up on Instagram at uh, Andrew Christopher Garden Design uh, or on Facebook, and you'll see all details of the garden too. So you know, absolutely, if you get a look. Uh, throw us a few bob we'd be more than happy to help us this is something that is really well worth supporting folks it really is idonate.ie look up Clarehead Town School you'll find it there just a couple of quick things before we finish listener wants to know uh, are you available even to look at a very small outdoor area do I take it no uh, area too small no area too large is that the message there's no area too small no area too large is true but the the truth of the matter is um 
we kind of I specialise in larger, more okay. kind of complex gardens. Right. And I love I get I'm getting calls all the time to talk to people mm. and unfortunately I just don't have time okay. for it to do all of them. That's great. Uh, nice to know that. And secondly, uh, they want to wish a little birdie tells me that you're ploughing along in the water with the swimming. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, there's a, a, another fabulous thing about Clutterhead. Yes, we jump into the sea and have a swim like so many other people have learned over lockdown. There's another classic example of how you know yeah. our lives have changed. But look, there's a great one. Anybody who swims in Clutterhead and has enjoyed the experience, isn't, wouldn't it be great to give something back to yes. the place that you're, you're discovering? And this is how you do it. Absolutely. Andrew, I know you're busy there today. Uh, continued success to you and we will talk again soon. And well done on this brilliant project. Well, thanks very much, uh, Jerry. I'm hoping you're going to come out and see it when it's all done. I certainly will. That is a promise. Thank you, Andrew. Best wishes. Take care. Bye. Take care now. Bye-bye. That's the brilliant Andrew Christopher Dunn, award-winning garden designer from Clarehead and Callistown School. They're lucky, lucky ducks. Coming up after two on Late Lunch, Margaret Madden brings you her recommendations and Book of the Month in Late Lunch Book Club. It's time for your riddle on Friday. Are you ready? Let's see. Does Miss Louise get this straight away? Listen carefully. I can fly, but have no wings. I can cry, but have no eyes. Wherever I go, darkness follows me. What am I? That's your riddle on Friday. Answers, please, to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. I can fly, but have no wings. I can cry, but have no eyes. Wherever I go, darkness follows me. What am I? Your riddle on Friday from a nice pro- for a nice prize from Late Lunch. No need to remind me. I know you're reminding me here. It is. I know this day. I do the 28th of May. It's Miss Kylie Minogue's birthday today. Of course it is. And she's 53 years young. By God, is she looking well in it. Although Louise said to me, when she puts in Kylie in the search, it's another Kylie comes up. Not in my search engine. There's only one Kylie comes up. And you know, it is Miss Minogue. Anyway, today, I wish you, Kylie Minogue, happy birthday and I'm indulging myself here because I have to say this is probably my favourite Kylie song of all time. First time I saw her live, first song she sang, always stays with me. It's better the devil. Happy birthday, Kylie. Okay, once more, Bernal Softy. I can fly but have no wings. I can cry but I have no eyes. Wherever I go, darkness follows me. What am I? That's your riddle on Friday. Lots of you right. Yeah, there's a lot of you right. It's not a shadow, nor it's not a potato. Although there are aspects of that that could cover either of those off. Just little hints and tips there for you. Answers to 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. Now it's Book Club Friday and there's only one woman for us, isn't there? And she's on the line. Hello, Margaret Madden. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining me. Now, I have to tell listeners this. This is not a fix. It's not a setup. Nothing like that. It just happened that yesterday I had the lovely Carmel Harrington for company for part of the show. And wasn't she just gorgeous, as usual, talking to me about our new book? And Margaret Madden, and tell them your news. Um, yeah, I have chosen uh, Carmel's latest, The Moon Over Kilmore Key, as my book of the month. There you go. I'm sure she'll be thrilled. She had lovely words to say about you and us yesterday on the show, and I was very grateful to her for them. So she is your book of the month, The Moon Over Kilmore Key. I said to her yesterday, there's some work, and you'd know it, research from her own background gone into this book, just reminding everybody it's about emigration and immigrants and the yearning for home across the generations, Margaret. It is, yeah. And I mean, um, what an awful job it is to have to go to New York and, and hang out for a while, huh? Every mm. part of research. <laughs> oh, well, well, somebody has to do it and Tamil right? did. Um, yeah, it's lovely. It's, so it's basically kind of two, two threads to the story. So the first part being um, current day Brooklyn. And there's B, who's the daughter of Irish immigrants. And um, at the very beginning, she is sent a letter that she had written to herself when she was in school that the teacher had hung on to on, until they were older. And um, so she's reading that letter and um, kind of learning some lessons that she hadn't realised that she maybe had missed out on doing things or um, maybe had done things she shouldn't have done. 
so that that's one part of the story um, and it leads to her wanting to kind of go back to her roots to, to go to Ireland and to find out some secrets and some answers to some questions she's always wondered and then we have we go back to 1990s uh, Kilmore Key in Wexford um, and you have Lucy and Maeve who are Irish twins there's only a year between them they do everything together and they both get the visa to America do you remember the excitement of the visa to yes. America Derek? yeah my cousin yes. does it and they lock stock and barrel the whole lot moved over um, so you're hanging out with them then basically in New York they, where they're they grew up watching Friends and Sex and the City and they've come from a rural Wexford town into the Big Apple and it's just, it, it's just very well done, you know, where mm. everything is a shock to them, you know, and they're so naive. One is a little bit um, more brazen than the other, so you, you kind of learn their personalities. Carmen has done a great job at, at describing them and you're brought into the Irish community and how welcoming they are over there um, and helping the girls, showing them around and making them feel welcome in New York. Mm, and the Irish stick together, and she made that point yesterday, how good they are when newbies arrive. Not that there are that many arriving nowadays with mm. the restrictions on the visa. It's certainly uh, not like it was years ago. But she captures it exquisitely. You love this woman, Anna, writing. You always have. Yeah, I do. And you're right, there was absolutely no fixing going on with this. I had picked my book of the month yeah. long before I knew that she was yes. coming on with you, in case anybody is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, there's nothing on toward you. And know, as well I as. I love it because yeah. it, she, she writes so well, and, and there's usually some kind of a thread through it as well that you don't know until the very end and this one is no different this one actually has even more of it because you know at the beginning that there are secrets and you've no idea what they are mm. um, so it's it really I read it in one sitting and I have to say I've been on a reading slump so that really dragged me out of it I really really enjoyed it so Margaret Madden's Book of the Month on Late Lunch Book Club is The Moon Over Kilmore Key by Carmel Harrington, which was released yesterday and she joined me on the day of its release and I really do appreciate that. She's very good to us uh, and I'm delighted that you've picked it as your Book of the Month. And I have a copy, so I kept it back. I kept yesterday's copy back and it just happens that I have it here and I want to give it away today. Would you like our Book of the Month for free for you, just for one of you out there listening this afternoon? Margaret's mentioned already so if you're listening carefully here's the question in which Irish county is Kilmore Key that's it that's the question in which Irish county is Kilmore Key answers please with your name and details to 086 1800 658 and we'll send that book out in the post to one of you this very afternoon now we move on with your second pick and I have to say this before you give the name or the author or anything I want to read this book Oh, I'm not sure which one you're going for. <laughs> the, well, I'll name it. I'll name it then. They're all great. But this one in particular, I've actually read the next two you're going to talk about, but I haven't read this one. It's The Invisible Girl by Lisa Jewell. Oh, yes. This is a great one. This is a thriller. I mean, Lisa has written so many books and there are all these, I can't believe... Um, the best way to describe it is uh, just one more page, just one more page. You know, there are all these psychological thrillers and, and it's impossible to stop. Now, I listened to this on audio. Um, as I said, I was in a bit of a reading slump and, and listening to the audiobooks in the garden is a great way to go or out for a walk. And this is fantastic. So basically, you have the, stone, uh, the story. Owen is a technology teacher, kind of third level lecturer, and he's suspended for allegations of sexual misconduct at the beginning. Um, but he... <laughs> You kind of, you're like, I don't know that he actually did this. Um, he lives in a bedroom in his aunt's house. He's quite a loner. He's very quiet. He doesn't mix well. You'd have your doubts. That, you know, you do start to have your doubts as to whether this really happened or not. Mm. And then across the street are uh, the Fours family. So there's mum, Kate, who's a physio. Uh, Rowan is uh, her husband. He's a child psychologist. And they have two teenage kids, uh, a boy and a girl. And then Rowan is, uh, his ex-patient, Sapphire, has disappeared um, and she's a teenager and Owen, Owen, who's the man, the loner across the road, he was the last person to see her alive and there are witnesses that saw him talking to her um, and yet Kate, the mum across the road, suspects there's something else going on. So it's all these threads coming together and you just, it's not often that I get a thriller that I kind of don't know the ending but this one I did not know. Mm. It was really, really good. 
Oh, it's wet my appetite. Yeah. Honestly, when you suggested it in, in your picks, I, I looked it up and uh, it, as I said, it's the it's the one I haven't read of your four today. And I just said to myself, I've got to get that book. And I could just see myself actually, as you mentioned with Carmel's, just going through this non-stop from yeah. start to finish. Oh, it's great now. It really is. And and for me to not guess, kind of guess or at least suspect the ending, uh, it's unusual. And so well done to Lisa Jewell. Invisible Girl by Lisa Jewell. I will be picking up a copy. It'll be on my reading list and I can't wait. Uh, but as you said, she's she's not new to this. She's uh, delivered brilliantly in the past. Yeah, she's absolutely huge. She'd be along, you know, as popular as like the Karen Slaughter and stuff, yeah, you know, so yeah. you should be able to find her book um, very easy. You but again, all the local bookshops order things in if you don't, if they don't have it. They'll get them for you. That, yeah. is, that is true. Invisible Girl, Lisa Jewell is another big pick of Margaret Madden's this afternoon. You can't go wrong. No, I'm delighted you selected the next one because I so enjoyed this book myself and my interview subsequently with Kate Gunn, The Accidental Soberista. Yeah, again, this was an audio book for me um, and I loved the narrator. I think she's fantastic. I, I came across it while I was going through Box, and I thought, oh, sure, we'll give that... Um a listen, you know, I I, th- I think I heard you were interviewing her on the radio at some stage. Yes, is that correct. I Very recently that. in the yeah. in the spring, you know. Yeah, and the whole basically, Kate herself didn't. You know, she wasn't an alcoholic or anything. She, she but she was beginning to. It wasn't one big thing that made her quit. As she said, it was a, a, a multitude of small things, and. Um, she decided to try, like like many of us, you know, the thirty days off the booze and see how you get on. And um, she 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 did okay. Struggled at first, um, but the hardest thing that she said was the social aspect of it, the way people treated her when she was off it. Um, she continued on to did the the full year as her ex husband had done, and she was you know she had seen it could be done, and herself and her partner did it together, her new partner, and um, you know she she really embraced the life, the alcohol free life. Uh, I thought it was really really interesting how our social lives are so dependent on alcohol. Actually, um, it's something that you don't really think of. Yeah. Um, that every event that you go to, like if you go to a music festival, if you go to a restaurant, if you go to a 21st, if you know, anything, and especially now that restrictions are being lifted and we're going to be allowed out again, um, how many of us can put our hands up and say that we, we do that without having a drink? Or do we, you know, do we yeah. feel we won't enjoy it without the drink? Yeah, and, and I put that to her and mm. she said, you know, I asked her, well, you know, when you go out first, she said, yes, friends did question. You know, they'll say, what's up with you? Why aren't yeah. you having one? I should just have one. You know, yeah. that type of thing. But but she said she, with a little bit of time, she comfortably eased into that. You know yeah. what I mean? That she didn't have, was, she didn't feel a pressure then, you know? No, and, and I got the impression as well that she kind of um, gravitated towards a different circle of friends yes. too, which, which is very interesting isn't it yeah um, and I love how she says that you know well she says she's not an alcoholic she she was a, a problematic drinker and I think you know I can put my hand up and say I am too you know mm. I sometimes just don't know when to stop <laughs> having too much fun I'm like woohoo and yes. then the next day you're like oh god yeah. when will I ever learn you know so it was a very very interesting read now I don't I have to be honest I don't think I could give it up 100% mm. I really enjoy my glass of wine and a G&T um, um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a convert, um, but it's very interesting and thought-provoking. Yeah, and I think it would make you sit back and have a, a look, oh, look yeah. in the mirror and think, where am I on this spectrum? Yeah, Do you know what I mean? How, sure. You know, how, how intense is my consumption of alcohol or am I in the middle or am I towards the lighter end of things? It certainly would do that for you. But, like, she's the poster girl now. She looks brilliant. She feels brilliant. Oh, she has yeah. no hangovers. All the positives. Uh, they're huge. They really I, are. I know. It, it seems to be the huge, not only just um, the health benefits, but the psychological yes, benefits as yes. well. Everything across um, the board. So yeah. the Accidental Soberista by Kate Gunn is another of my Margaret's uh, recommendations this month on Book Club and your final one. You're uh, regularly picking memoirs for us now and uh, I was surprised to see you pick this one. Go on, tell them what it is. Well, yeah, it was on the the back of um, an interview that I had read in the Irish Times last week and I I knew I had it on the bookshelf so I pulled it down and it's Life is a Funny Business by Alan Shatter. Mm, And it's about his uh, early life and experiences and uh, growing up as a Jewish boy in Dublin in the 50s and 60s and, uh, you know, then entering Dáil Éireann. Mm, absolutely. So 
so um, for people who don't uh, who can't remember um, Alan Shatter's role, he, he went on to become Minister for Justice and Equality and a Minister for the Defence. Mm. There was a bit of a dodgy exit. I will skip over that because this book is on his earlier life. It's not on, on what happened um, afterwards. So like you said, he was born to uh, Jewish parents in 1951. Uh, the family were immigrants from Poland via the UK. And he was an only child, grew up on the south side of Dublin. Father had a tailor's business. Um, the mother was mostly stay-at-home mom, but she suffered very badly with her mental health. Um, so he does very honestly go into details of that. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. It's harrowing to think how, as a child, to watch her mother deteriorating like that. You know, he really, really had a, a difficult start in life there. And then you basically follow him on his journey um, through secondary school, when he headed up to Trinity to study law, um, he began volunteering um, in, in a lot of charity kind of roles um, in a legal aspect, especially through women's rights and um, kind of uh, women's health, mm. um, helping people who, who were um, needed advice on leaving abusive relationships, um, around contraception, things like that. He was very much ahead of his time. He was, and yeah. uh, a great sportsman as well, a very good runner athlete. He played table tennis to a very high level as well. But you're right, and that family law in, in the Republic of Ireland was the first major academic and social commentary on Irish family law yeah. back in the mid-70s. And then in 79, uh, you know, family planning Irish style was a, a satirical work that he did, which poked fun at the ludicrous contraception laws here in this country, which were a criminal offence at the time. Now, mm. this is, as you say, about his early life and growing up and you know up to a, a point in his life I did interview him recently about his uh, follow up which was Frenzy and Betrayal, the anatomy of a political assassination and as people know he resigned because of the gear and report about allegations made, um, the, the report was about allegations made by Garda Morris McCabe, that infamous case, that mm. poor man. However, subsequently Ch- uh, Alan Shatter was vindicated by the O'Higgins report and the Supreme Court Challenged by Gearin, um, you know, he shouldn't have had to resign. You know what I mean? He acted appropriately as Minister for Justice. That was the outcome. That was the follow-up book, Frenzy and Betrayal, which I spoke to him about. But you loved this memoir of his life up to a point. Well, I did. I have to say, I found it very interesting and, and kept turning around to Declan kind of in the evening and going, have to guess what? This happened or that happened or whatever, you know. And I was looking at the cover and I'm going, I always kind of, I remember Alan Shatter, of course I do, um, but I never thought of him as being like, he'd be 71 now, you know. And mm. Declan goes, yeah, God, that's that's really old. And then I went, Declan, that's like only 20 odd years more than we are, you know, and the two of us were nuts. Because we grew up with Alan Shatter yes, in the yes. papers. And um, I do think that what happened around his departure was a a real prime example of the first nearly like online bullying, the first trolling, the first, you know, people judging um, without reading and researching into what had happened. I remember being horrified Mm. initially. And as it turned out, it was all just fake news, you know. Terrible. Um, So, yes. But his his life story is what this book is about. His early life, his his mother, this sad demise of, of, of her life and mm. how himself and his dad picked himself up and, mm. and went on. And growing up in Jewish in, as a Jew in Ireland at the time must have just been very strange, you know. Different. I, I can't imagine it. Yes, different, different. But yeah. uh, again, I say he was assassinated, as you say, the fake news and all that mm. went around it. He was vindicated in the end and he was a very fine minister for justice, it has to be said. But there you go. It's a dirty game, the business of politics, that yeah. is for yeah. sure. Yeah. Anyway, Margaret's memoir this month is Life is a Funny Business, a very personal story published first in 2017 by Alan Shatter. Well worth the reading. Reminding you again, Book of the Month is Carmel Harrington, The Moon Over Kilmore Key. If you'd like a copy, the question today on Late Lunch Book Club is, where is Kilmore Key and which Irish county? Answers to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Brilliant choices, I have to say. They won't go wrong for the next few weeks with those. Thank you so much as usual, Margaret. You're welcome, Jerry, and enjoy the rest of Kylie's birthday. <laughs> I will indeed. Thanks, Margaret. Yes, God bless. Bye bye. The wonderful Margaret Madden there bringing us her w- great recommendations this month. They really, really are. Still to come on late lunch. Shall we have an old glass of wine for you to go along with the books? Yes, shortly. Rick Cronje is here. Stay with us on late lunch. Lady Gaga, 
and Bad Romance. Isn't that just a great song? Oh, it's a cracker. It really is. From her third EP in 2009. Number one in the UK, number two in the States. A big, big seller for Lady Gaga on your late lunch this Friday afternoon. Welcome to the show if you're just joining us, listening on the radio, your smart speaker or on the app. Don't forget if you're listening elsewhere, the LMFM app, you can download it and listen to the station no matter where you are in this world. Great to have you with us on Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Well, tell me, young woman, all (laughs) about Friends. It was brilliant. And I don't really watch much telly anymore, but I was glued to the Friends reunion last night. I just thought it was brilliant. And that lady, Lady Gaga, actually featured in it. Did she? Yeah, she actually went into Central Park, which is the coffee shop that was famous in it. And she sat down with her guitar beside Phoebe. And Phoebe and herself duetted with the famous Friends stroke Phoebe song, Smelly Cat. And you Which loved was it. Brilliant. You yeah, loved it. Did it you love the whole thing? Was the whole like It wasn't an episode, it was yeah, just them, um, yes. you know, kind of revisiting the yeah. whole and yeah, it yeah. was just yeah, it was lovely to see them seventeen years on and it's exactly how you would like to see six friends seventeen years on. Yes. They were still seem so close. That's nice. They admitted that they don't see each other as often as they would mm. like to, but you could tell that they just picked up where thing, you know, from where they, where left, they off. left off, yeah. and it was comfortable and nice, and uh, it was lovely. And re- they had loads mm. of guest stars in, and Tom Selleck, who played mm. Magnum PI, he was there. He used to play Monica's boyfriend. I see, um, and a lot of other stars like yes. David Beckham said how much it meant to Great. him. It was just brilliant, Jerry. You should watch it. I can't uh, believe look at, I, I'm you not. Watched it. No, I haven't. But I have to say, my daughter Sarah has uh, the f- complete collection. She loves Friends and the little mini me, ah. Ava, six years of age. Do you know, gang, gang, that Friends is back together and I can't wait to see them. And she loves them. And who's her favourite? I don't know who is. I must ask her, but she loves Friends. I, I can tell you that. But tell them the biggest news of all. You nearly went apoplectic when you I saw did. the dress. <laughs> tell them about the dress. I was watching it last night and it featured a scene of Monica in her apartment. And Monica, I went, I have that dress. <laughs> I have that dress. I have Monica's dress. Do you? Yeah. Well, I don't know if I still have it. I was kind of going to look for it last night at one point and I went, no, cop yourself on, Louise. Um, but yeah, I couldn't believe I had the same dress as her. I love it. And did you buy it yourself specifically because Monica wore it? Did it come out as a range no. of Monica from Friends dresses? or picked it up in pennies, what? actually. <laughs> there you are. Monica from Friends loves pennies. There you go. she didn't have to keep it. Anyway, you had the dress. You yeah. have to, Louise, you have to look for it. You have, to, have look to look for it. And you have to slip into it and take a picture and oh, say... Oh, yeah, probably wouldn't fit. Well, anymore after 19 years but don't be cutting them don't be cutting them <laughs> of course it will of course it will anyway all's well with friends and so many people I know I've been looking at the reaction to it uh, fans delighted that they came back together in the way they did and it's great to see and we wish them all well will they ever make another episode of no, they kind of ruled it out they last ruled it out, night have they? Yeah, yeah. Okay. well there you go so memories memories it can't be remade. You have what you have and it's there forevermore. Late lunch, LMFM radio, shortly after the break. Yes, it's our virtuoso of vino, Rick Cronje. Late lunch, LMFM radio, time to chat to our man who knows all about wine. And we're Zooming in today, fingers crossed. Rick Cronje, are you there? I'm here, Jerry. Thank you. Rick, thanks for joining me on the show today. Let's begin straight away. You've picked a bottle of white and a bottle of red and you've gone to super value for both of them. Let's start with the white. What have you selected this time, Rick? Yes, well, this time it's from uh, Australia, the Victoria region. It's uh, a Nugan estate and it's called Frascas Lane because they do have uh, different labels on it. And it's a Chardonnay and it's a 2018, Jerry. And it'll set you back how much, Rick? Uh, 12 euro, Jerry. Okay, so 12 euro, uh, not a bad price for the bottle at all. Tell us about Nugan. I'm familiar with the Nugan estate name. It goes back quite a time. They're originally from Spain, uh, Rick. Yes, their parents originally came to Australia in 1938 as immigrants to escape the Civil War there. And at first they produced vegetables and later fruit as well. Now, the parents retired in 1965 and their son, Ken, took over the business and he carried on with the fruit and vegetables. Sadly, he passed away in 1986 
and his wife, Michelle, took on the business. Um, but then, of course, with the recession of the uh, late 80s, uh, fruit and vegetables was no longer sustainable. And uh, like many other farmers in Australia, she turned to wine. And what That's a right. great move that was, because it's really propelled uh, Nugan Estate, hasn't it, into the top uh, list of producers in Australia? Yeah, if you consider, uh, Jerry, it was uh, 2000 at the millennium when they had their first commercial vintage. And uh, since then, you know, they in the top 20 wine producers in Australia, uh, 44 trophies, 1,500 medals, of which 207 uh, are gold. Wow. And today they're the 13th largest exporter. Um, oh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And they have many uh, labels like Wally's Hut. I've seen that before. Alfredo, Annalise, Bossy Boots. They have a range of labels. But such success from the year 2000. My God, they have some trophy cabinet for sure, Rick. Tell us about this wine. The three aspects you always cover off for us since I can't see them anymore. Is it is it deep or light in colour? What's it like? Yeah, the colour will be pale straw, uh, Jerry, for this particular night. It's a 2018, just to remind listeners. Uh, on the nose, it's rather shy, but there's a definite, once you, you pick it up, there's a definite nose of oak and a bit of butter. And I pick up peach and the vanilla. And the vanilla I'm going to put down because it has a bit of wood on it as well. You mm. know. And on the palate? Yeah. Oh, Jerry, lovely. It's quite crisp. Now, it's not a heavy wine. Lots of fruit, good gravity in the in, in the mouth. It doesn't just disappear. Um, I call it a real supper, a real <laughs> Just sit back, you know, and just enjoy, Jerry. Oh, sip away. So a lovely aperitif. Uh, nice, I'd say, probably with a little bit of fish as well, yeah? It would be, Jerry. Now, you might, because of it, it's been 10 months on French oak uh, in both seasoned and new barrels, Um and so the fish, you're going to have to go for something a little bit on the fatty side, like salmon or mackerel, mm. uh, creamy cheeses or, or creamy pasta dish yeah. will go lovely with it. OK, so there you have it. Rick's recommended white this month for the weekend and beyond. You pick it up from Super Value, 12 euro, 2018. It's a Chardonnay. I've always loved Chardonnay, even though it went a little bit out of fashion with some people. But Rick, you hear what he has to say there. This is beautiful. Nugan Estate, Frasca's Lane. Frasca's Lane, is, it's Australian as well. 12 euro, you won't go wrong. Now, you're staying in the Southern Hemisphere and with Super Value for the red. Yes, Jerry. We always, well, I certainly try my best to try and get a pair from the same shop. So when you go shopping, you can just uh, lift it, uh, you know, and put it in your trolley and hopefully nobody notices. Now, uh, Argentina, yes, Mendoza province, uh, Trevento Reserve, and it's a Malbec. Lovely, lovely uh, grape variety. And it's a 2019. And nine euro, Jerry. Oh, this is a steal at nine euro, I'd say. Oh, absolutely, Jerry. Now, it, it was down from 12 to nine. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, tremendous. Absolute great value in this. Now, um, a sub-region of Mendoza in Argentina, and Mendoza, of course, such an iconic wine region in Argentina. And again, you know, we're not talking about ancient history here. The 90s, is it, it all began? Yes, it started in 96 uh, when the uh, company bought a bodega, Los Viento, in uh, the Maipo Valley there. And at that stage, it was 154 of just Malbec vines. And the winery at that stage was doing 2 million litres. Now, today, of course, Trevento is much, much bigger. They uh, have a total of 1,290 hectares. Now, it's spread across Mendoza. Uh, of course, they've got the latest technology there. And um, very interesting, they have a collection of both uh, uh, French and American oak uh, barrels, numbering 4,200 plus to mm. age their wines. Mm. Very nice. Yes, and their sales now, Jerry, uh, they in excess of 4.8 million litres. 
and their turnover is 16 million a year. From 1996, what progression that is and expansion. Now, six months uh, in French Oak, uh, obviously it's done the trick in your book with this one. It has, Jerry, because uh, Malbec's a lovely drinking wine, but when you put a bit of oak on it, it just tends to strengthen it a bit. It just gives it a little bit more depth. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, that's exactly what it's done with this. And it's I, I call it a real craft. And it's a wine you can drink all year round. It's not a heavy wine that you might be looking for in winter and a lighter wine in summer. So, yeah, stock up on a few bottles. What I say, just in case, yes. just in case somebody arrives that you want to share it. <laughs> At nine euro a bottle, you can't go wrong. Uh, and and it's true, is it, uh, that this is the number one selling Malbec in England? It is indeed, Jerry. Trevento Reserve 2019 is the top selling Malbec in um in England, mm, yes. Mm. I take it then, uh, crimson red, so you take that uh, uh, as red. What about on the nose and palate? Yeah, you're going to get that oak coming through, uh, you know, and uh, some plums, a bit of raspberry there. And again, the vanilla, again, that'll be more because of the, the wood. And I even get a touch of chocolate on the back of the throat there. Mm. Is this a sipper? It is, Jerry. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it really is. It's lovely and smooth. It's it's full-bodied, yet it's not a heavy wine, you know, and it's mm. got a little touch of sweetness uh, in it. Um, but, yeah, definitely, both of them are. Yes. So, uh, again, just reminding listeners, Rick's Red this month is Argentina, Mendoza, Trevento Reserve, Malbec 2019 from Super Value at €9. Euro. A sipper, as he said, but I'd say nice with a bit of beef or burgers or something like that, a little stew or a lasagna, Rick. Absolutely, Jerry. Look, we, we, we talk about wine being a sipper, but, you know, uh, always recommend food. This one definitely, I felt uh, happier with uh, homemade burgers straight off the barbecue. Definitely. Well, you know, they're two great ones. Now, I know we're going to talk, we were to talk about uh, 2021. The line's a little up and down, Rick. So if you don't mind, I'm going to hold that over till the next time you're with me because we can talk in general then about, you know, the availability of wines and the impact of certain things this year, including the COVID epidemic. But I'm going to let you go for the moment and we will be back to you next month and we'll bring this into the conversation and have more of your recommendations besides. I'm so grateful that you joined me again today. Day, Rick. Absolutely, Jerry. We'll talk next month. Take care of yourself. That's Rick Cronje there, our Vino man, our virtuoso of Vino, speaking to me about his two recommendations. Apology for the little wobble at times on the line there. You know, we're doing well. We Zoom a lot of guests nowadays here on uh, the station and it's it, it's really good. But in that little time, things like that just creep in and uh, you bear with us and understand. But I'm sure you got Fairly clearly there, uh, the uh, recommendations from Rick this afternoon. I'll just give them to you again. I have them here beside me. His white wine is uh, Australia, Victoria region, Nugan Estate, Frascas Lane, Chardonnay 2018 from Super Value at €12. And the red, Argentina, Mendoza, Trevento Reserve, Malbec 2019 at €9. And I say again to you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly, enjoy your wine sensibly, mix your glasses with plenty of water as well and food. And it's for enjoyment and it's for that to add and enhance. Don't go the other way at all. It's it's not worth it. It isn't. It really isn't. Anyway, to be enjoyed always. Rick Cronje, we thank him again and he will be back with us next month. Short break and school's out for summer. Well done to Caroline Weldon from Woodtown, from Conrad and County Mead. Uh, Kilmore Key is in Wexford. Thanks to everybody who sent us in the answers. There were loads and loads of them. Thank you indeed. Uh, one winner today for Carmel Harrington's book, The Moon Over Kilmore Key. It's on its way to you, Caroline, as I speak. I'll give you the riddle answer after three and the winner as well. Now, a few weeks back, I spoke to my next guest. He's a teacher at St. Peter's Dunboyne Post-Primary School about Travis the service dog and we decided to give him a little tinkle today because today in most places school's out for summer. Donica McCarrick good to talk to you again. 
Gary, hello. How are you? How are things? Good. Thanks for coming back to us. Well, how does it feel after the strangest of strange years to be winding up? Oh, it's it's a little bit surreal, to be honest with you. Um, I'd have to say, I don't think I've ever been as tired in my life as I have in the last couple of weeks. Um, it's it's a kind of a stressful situation, but it's a nice place to be at this time of the year. Mm. And I'm I'm very conscious that most people won't be getting their summer holidays today and I don't want to be rubbing it in or anything like that but it's, it's, it's very exciting as well like it's, it's a great feeling to be finishing up mm. and I know um, um, it was a great feeling to get back uh, when you did after really was, all of yeah. the disruption how, how you know I, I know from your point of view you know the holidays are the holidays what about the students who are saying goodbye to you you know what I mean uh, today yeah, you know you're going to it's tough for our six mm, years yes. they lost a good bit of fifth year last year as yeah. well Um like the, you wouldn't believe how how grateful the students are and how thankful they are, and like they're in such good nature and such good form. They're they're just they're an amazing bunch of kids to be around because they, like adversity, they they just brush it aside and they keep going. Mm. Um, and they've had quite a stressful two years, really, because the six years this year are the ones that have struggled nearly the most because they missed so much of fifth year and sixth year. Yes, um, and it's, it's been quite difficult for them, really, but they. To, to meet them and to talk to them and to meet them in the corridors and to teach them, you would never guess um, the stress they've gone through and, and trying to figure things out and mm. get themselves by. So there is a great resilience and an ability to, you know, go with the flow and deal with what was put in front of them. You, you feel that yeah. from them, that they have, that, and, and that's a life experience as well. It is. Like, again, I, people do joke when I say to them that school is really only about 20% academics because you learn so many other skills and 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 experiences that form you along the way. Um, and, like, kids are... The, 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 their resilience really has blown me away in the fact that they can just get straight back into it, deal with adversity, anything that comes their way. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong, it's quite stressful for quite a few but even those kids, like we've had very good attendance in school. We've had um, seriously good input from students and the work that they've supplied us and given us has all been top notch. Like and online learning is so difficult for yeah. for them as well, because like it's teaching really is a face to face kind of a, mm. a job where you really need to be able to gauge somebody by looking at them and chatting yes. to them and talking to them and making sure you're not giving them too much work or they're not bored with the work or they're. Mm. you know everyday situations change but like there's been they, they don't complain is the biggest thing I've noticed about kids like normally if if all things were right they'd have some little gripe about something but there's been so little complaining from kids. They're just so happy to be here. It's great to And hear. to have the year finishing up the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And of course, exams to be sat this year, unlike last year, which is, uh, uh, you know, more of the norm for them. And there's other ways, of course, there's going to be uh, assessments made. We, we know that uh, for sure. Yes. Anyway, you're off on the break now and uh, the exams to come and the others have uh, a few months off to enjoy as well. Look, it's been a testing time for everybody, students and teachers there. How is Travis, before I go, <laughs> Travis is great. Like it, as, as again, there's been many bright little sparks during the year, but Travis is definitely one of those things that has really galvanised people. Like he's he's uh, he's such a positive impact in the school. Yeah, like, uh, the atmosphere just brightens when he comes mm. along, bounding down the corridors. It's fabulous. It's it's really amazing. And um, guide dogs, they're they're fundraising. Um, month is nearly over, mm. and they've garnered like huge response, like from community dogs and yes, and and people who are interested in it. And, it's, and they're it's great they're to really hear. It. Mm. It's fabulous. It, it really is, is. It is, and you'll be looking after them as we know. Well, listen. Uh, thank you for joining us on the show today. Wish all teaching staff and pupils right across the northeast and the country all the very best. The exam ones especially, but everybody else. And it's been testing times, but we're still standing, as they say. Donegan, yeah, nice to talk to you. Thank you, Jerry. Thank Take you. Care yourself. Talk to you soon. Not thank at you. all. Bye bye, Donegan McCarrick. There, great guy, teacher in St Peter's, Dunboyne. Still to come on late lunch. I wound, I wind up uh, my uh, story of Coldplay with a wonderful song, and of course we have Leon Blanche looking ahead to the weekend in sport. But taking us to news, weather and sport at three. The bloody will is, and I thought it was gone. It's still wet, wet, wet.
I can fly but have no wings. I can cry but I have no eyes. Wherever I go, darkness follows me. What am I? I'm a cloud. Yes, a cloud or clouds is what I was looking for today. And you're clever clogs. Loads of you got it. Right. Anyway, our little gift from Late Lunch on LMFM Radio is going to Green Noor today and Dimpna Woods. Well done to you. Right answer. And thanks to everybody who joined in the fun. I'll have another, another riddle for you on Friday next. Thanks for all your comments too. Louise, did you notice this in the Friends last night? Uh, Mina was on to me. Matthew Perry says Mina looked in a certain way at Maggie Wheeler and she's wondering, did you notice that? I can't hear you. You better put on your mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday. I was trying to figure out what you were doing there and I could see her, her lips were moving but there was nothing coming through. Yes, it'll be handy. Okay, so, so answer that question. Matthew Perry looking at Maggie Wheeler. Yes, but I noticed that he looked at her with pure, like, really joy, really happy to see her and there was obviously, you know, an affable connection there. Mm, okay. I didn't so, notice really anything. Yeah. I don't know what Mina meant. Yeah, obviously Mina spotted something. She's a big Friends fan. What about this, Louise? Joe's been on. There are no jobs for all the students who have finished school. We were talking about it there before three. If you contact any business, they can't take on anyone under 18 years of age due to health and safety regulations. What about the students' mental health? It's a long three months being off and doing nothing. They should be given a chance to do something. There you go. Joe's just making a general type yeah. of comment there. It's uh, Look, I'll, I'll tell you about jobs. Look at the numbers on the unemployment register at the moment and, and as the and next few months, they're huge, they're huge. So therefore, summer jobs will certainly be impacted. And, you know, we're going to be talking about summer jobs on late lunch shortly. Coincidentally, I have to say, Joe, we'll be coming back to it. But it's a point you make. I don't know what can be done about it, to be honest with you. And another one here. Hi, Jerry. I want to let off a bit of steam. I've been a member of a credit union since I got married 46 years ago. I've had a few loans from them over the years and I've always paid them back. But I've run into a little bit of trouble since COVID and I just applied for a small loan from a credit union last week and I've been refused. The reason being that my daughter had a falling out with them years ago and my history is deemed bad. I'm so angry, says Nuala. Now, will I tell you something? Your personal history shouldn't be impacted by anybody else in Mm. your family. That's wrong, number one, if that is the Unless case. Unless her name was down as a kind of a guarantor. On or associated with some loan that yeah. you took out or something like that, I have to say. But I can understand, Nuala, that you've paid back the loans and find yourself needing a little help and you can't get it. I, I'd go back again and I'd, I'd knock the door once more, Nuala. I'd say that. And because I think the credit unions are very helpful and very amenable. They're the best. Honestly, I'd go back again and, and try that one, to be honest. That's my little bit of advice to you this afternoon. Anyway, time to... Uh, Jerry will give you the loan. <laughs> <laughs> He's loaded. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> I, I am, I am. I'm loaded. I'm absolutely loaded. I won the lotto twice. I'm dripping in money. I'm falling out of my pockets. Don't believe that shyster in there telling you that. Not a chance of it. But I am generous. If I can help at all, I will. But anyway, go back to the credit union. That's my best advice to you, Nuala, this afternoon. I'll get you back for that, I promise you. Anyway, uh, and I will, you know that. Uh, let's, I uh, know you will. <laughs> let's bring the curtain down on Coldplay today. Yes, Coldplay are the only band, listen to this, to headline Glastonbury on four occasions, most recently in 2016. Many ask, why have they remained so popular? It's 25 years since it all began and so much has changed in the business and the world. And you see that word, change? Yes, that's what Coldplay and why they remain relevant. They've changed. They've adapted their music and style moving with the times. You know, they remain one of the most successful acts of all time, delivering two of the most attended world tours in history and achieving sales in excess of a hundred million. A hundred million. Their current net worth is estimated at around three hundred and fifty million pounds and counting. Today I round off my focus on a wonderful band Coldplay and their music dipping into the back catalogue and the year 2003 when this one topped the charts Coldplay and Clocks rounding off 
their music and story on Late Lunch this afternoon. Alice has been on. She can't get Harry Barry's book in since I try a local bookshop, Alice. They'll order it for you, or you can certainly get it online. Thanks for getting in touch. Up next on Late Lunch to round off the day and the week as usual, we have Leon Blanche from Boyle Sports looking ahead to the League of Ireland, Champions League and GAA. Friday afternoon and it's our usual look ahead to the uh, weekend sport and I'm joined once again by the communications manager from Boyle Sports, Leon Blanche. Hello again, Leon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. League of Ireland, Friday night and we begin with Drogheda United. They're at home to Derry City, 7.45 kick-off. What a run they're on. Four straight wins in the Premier League. I went to see them myself on Monday night. Tough game with Longford, but they prevailed comfortably in the end. Derry tonight, improving Derry, Leon. Derry are improving, Jerry. but as you rightly point out, Drogheda, they're on a crest of a wave at the moment. They certainly wouldn't wish for this two-week break, uh, which is coming up because they're in form and they're playing really well and they're scoring plenty of goals. They've scored 26 goals so far in the Premier Division. They're top scorers, so they're going exceptionally well at the moment. Derry will provide a bit of a stern test. I think you'd be a foolish man to try and say that Derry are going to be able to beat Drogheda. When a side gets on a run like this, when you're scoring goals and creating chances, you just feel invincible. And for that reason, I think Drogheda are going to make it five wins out of five. And who knows, depending on other results, they might even get into the top three in the Premier League table. Interesting indeed. What a start for them. A few more points and they'll be safe from relegation. Anyway, I think that was the first goal this year. Anything else? Really a bonus. Now, Dundalk, an entirely different story. Looked to be light on the horizon. They beat Rovers, ended their long unbeaten run last Friday night. And then they go on Monday to Dalymount Park to a Bowes side who've been quite average this year. And Bowes thrashed them. And Dundalk in inchy core tonight to take on St. Patrick's Athletic. Well, Jerry, this is the thing with Dundalk. I mean, I personally, look, I got it wrong. I thought Shamrock Rovers would go to Oriel Park and come away with the victory. I was delighted I was wrong. Dundalk beat Rovers 2-1. And Daniel Kelly, of course, getting the winner. But then, Jerry, what can you say about that performance against Bohemians? Something is just not right. St. Pat's were my kind of pre-season tip to do extremely well in the Premier League. And they have done extremely well. They're only... Uh, three points off top spot. They've won seven out of 13. They've only lost twice. And if the Dundalk side that turned up against Rovers, they could give St. Pat's a cracking game. But if we get the other team that turned up against Bowes, they could be staring down the barrel of another defeat. I don't know how to call this one, Jerry. I'm probably just going to sit on the fence and go for a draw. Leon going for a draw match against Pats tonight in Richmond Park. And both of those games you can hear here on LMFM Radio on our online service, kicking off at 7.45. Now, tomorrow night is the culmination of the European football season. It's the Champions League final. It's an all-English affair between Manchester City and Chelsea. Chelsea have won it before, once. Man City have never won the trophy. All the pressure on City. All the pressure is on City, Jerry, because they are going in as favourites. And this is the reason why Pep Guardiola was brought to the Etihad. It was to win the biggest club competition in Europe. They are favourites. They're odds-on favourites. But Chelsea have played under Thomas Tuchel, Man City twice. And Chelsea have won both games. This game has the makings of the FA Cup semi-final. When Chelsea got ahead 1-0 and then they frustrated the life out of Man City. It's going to be close, Jerry. Don't be surprised if it goes to extra time, exactly as the Europa League final did on Wednesday night. And I'm just going to go with Chelsea to lift the trophy, which would include extra time, which would include penalties. Just if anyone out there thinks Chelsea can win on penalties, it's 10 to 1. If they think they can win in extra time, Chelsea, it's going to be an 8 to 1 chance. But I'm just going to go for Chelsea to actually lift the trophy just under 2-1 to one at 9-5. to five. Good price in a two-horse race for sure. Let's switch to Gaelic Games and the National Football Leagues and the final group games in all of the divisions this weekend in football. Now, in Division 2 North, uh, Meath are in Mayo on Sunday afternoon, one forty-five throw-in, and again, it's live here on LMFM uh, Radio on Sunday Sport. Both counties have qualified for a tilt at Division 1 football next year, but this is an important game for both of them. It is an important game for both of them, Jerry, because, look, Mayo and Mead, two 
big footballing counties. Um, both have started their league campaign in good fashion. And I think this game, similar almost to Dublin against Kerry last week, it just kind of gets you a picture of where you're at. And me, me, they're going to go in as big underdogs, huge underdogs. They're getting a four-point head start in the handicap betting and even money. Mayo overwhelming favourites. And they will be expected to win this game. And if both sides turn up at full tilt, you'd probably have to give it to Mayo. However, Mead getting a four-point head start, I think, is big enough. So I'm going to tip up Mead plus four. I don't know whether they're good enough at the moment to actually go and beat Mayo. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Mayo might just get it, but I'm taking Mead plus four. Now, in Division 4 North, Loud take on Sligo, and this is a do-or-die game for both counties. Winner takes all, semi-final crack for either of them. If you lose, you stay in Division 4 next year. And you predicted a Loud win in Leitrim last week. They're at home to another Northwest county this time round. Can they do it, Leon? Well, look, you know, as you said, it's, it's, it's like it's a do-or-die kind of fixture. Um, I think they can do it. Like, why can't they do it? Um, I think Mickey Hart, as we spoke about last week, Jerry, it all it wasn't going to happen overnight, and he's there for quite some years. So you will see this side get better and better and better under his tutelage because he is one of the best GEA managers of all time. There can be no disputing that fact. They're up against Sligo, but you know what, Jerry? Why can't they beat Sligo? I think this is a good opportunity for Mickey Hart's men to get back-to-back victories. And I think they will do it. They are actually slight favourites um, to beat Sligo. But I'm going to go... I'm going to stick my neck on the block here, Jerry. I'm actually going to go loud minus two points at even money. I think they can build on last week and hopefully they can make it back-to-back victories against Sligo, who, to me, um, loud should be seeing this as an opportunity to beat Sligo. Loud, under this man, I think... The future is bright. So here's hoping they can win and win with a little bit to spare. Liam Blanche, Communications Manager with Boyle Sports. As usual, thank you so much indeed. All the best, Jerry. That's a lot on late lunch for another week. Big thank you to all our guests, to your listeners who join us every day, to my producer Louise Walsh. Eddie Caffrey's ready to go with the drive next. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. Have a nice weekend and do come back for a brand new week of late lunch from Monday at 1.30. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the Northeast with same-day business finance. So let our van specialist, Danny, find a commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See blackstonemotors.ie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.